Welcome to Drunk Ballerant, episode 79. I'm your new host, uh, Blade. Uh, we kicked Cass out. So. He's yep. gone. Unanimous decision. See you later, Cass. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, I since I've taken over, uh, I need to become a jet main and uh, have <laughs> really wrong opinions. it comes with the territory (laughs) yeah 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 try try talking for three hours just without breathing and then uh and we'll see if you're really up for the role (laughs) shit i don't know if i can do that one oh man that's great okay that's my hosting chops uh someone else take it over (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's get kicked off with what we're drinking uh blate being the uh guest host (laughs) what do you got what are you sipping on today Okay, so uh, I'm uh, sipping on an Atrium Brewing Guard Shack, an Imperial Fruited Sour. Uh, haven't tried it yet, but uh, you haven't the... tried it. What? Well, I was I trying to. It. I was having a different beer. I'm trying it now. Oh, okay. I see. I see. You do have your beer in a glass, so I think you're already on the the cast. On the cast. Brain. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> he, he's going to be happy to see that. I yeah. had my I had my glass with water in. It. I was like. I'll put beer in that now after. Um, mm-hmm. But it's an imperial, or an 8% imperial fruited sour fermented with peach, pineapple, and a stupid amount of pink guava and lactose. So Ooh. replacing a stupid amount of with... lactose as well there. Yeah. Yeah. Placing mm-hmm. cast there too. I don't think I'm lactose intolerant though, so I'm not paying for it like him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. Um, I also got another beer from them, which I might bring out later, which is the Watermelon G Gosa, which is like a really nice tart uh, beer, very watermelony, kind of shocking, I know. Yeah, this but... is a long-standing debate. Um, is it pronounced Goes or Gosa? I always I say looked goes. online and it said Gosa, but okay, all right. Well, there's the definitive That's answer. Messed up. I will still I call it a Goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I disagree. <laughs> Well, it looked like it said goes and then dash uh. Huh. Oh, okay. So, goes uh. Goes uh. Got it. Well, I'm over here sipping on a beer that I very much like. Uh, once again, uh, Nepenth coming through with the very cool cans. This is the Primordial Mayhem double IPA. Uh, it's got Mosaic, uh, Simcoe, and Triumph hops. And the description does not disappoint. It is a a cataclysmic eruption of devastatingly juicy peach, orange creamsicle, and cotton candy. A deceptively smooth, soft finish bellies, or sorry, belies the destruction it leaves in its wake. Um, Yeah, I would say all of those flavors, the peach, the creamsicle, they're all very subtle because it's very hoppy. So the hops definitely, you know, keep that from being, the flavor being super dominant. But it's just very, it's very nice. Like they say, it's very smooth, got the citrus there, but it's like a... You know, a sweet citrus, not like a, a bitter one to balance out the hops. So it's very nice. Very nice. Um, I have two things. One, it mm-hmm. seems like Nepenth is just Dungeons and Dragons, but the beer. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> uh, like all of their can art just looks very like Dungeons and Dragons y. And their, um, I don't know, their descriptions seem very fantasy like as well. Well, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but with like a space theme. Most of their stuff has some sort of like sci fi tinge to it. Yeah. So like this one just Dungeons has like a, a dinosaur on it. That's true. That's true. This one, this <laughs> one isn't all that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This one is more strict Dungeons and Dragons, like you're saying. So like space Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because like their, yeah. like their uh, flagship beer is the space jellyfish. 
Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then my second thing was, uh, what were the two things that you said were subtle, like the flavors in there, uh, in, um, in the beer that you were just drinking? Peach and creamsicle, right? Yes. Peach. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, peach and creamsicle. So uh, I'm drinking a Dead Frog Brewery peach creamsicle. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's wild. Neither of which are subtle. <laughs> uh, this one is great. described as a creamy, juicy, refreshing brew packed with fresh peach flavor and bursting with smooth vanilla, which uh, it is very vanilla forward. Um, I, tastes, I would really like that. <laughs> yeah, incredibly sweet. Uh, I would say not like overwhelmingly sweet, like, you know, you just poured a bag of sugar in your mouth. Like it's drinkable. Um, but yeah, I think on the sweeter end for a sour, it doesn't have that like punch that I usually like in a sour. Yeah. So um, it's not my favorite, but I do think that you would really enjoy it. Yeah. I actually recently had a creamsicle cider uh, from a place called Country Boy. I think I once sent the can in the the drinks uh, discord thing. Uh, one of theirs was called like shotgun wedding. And I think the one that I sent was called. Okay, yeah. Mate. So, oh, but cool. uh, they just had an orange creamsicle cider and it was really good too. That sounds interesting. Yeah. People are doing a lot with ciders. Sure are. I'm going back through. Oh, country boy. There's a cougar bait that I see you posted. Yeah. Morning. Cougar bait is the one that I posted in there, but it's the same yeah. company. They're pretty popular around here out of lexington so like Cougars? an hour away from me yeah uh, pretty popular pretty much everywhere i think mm-hmm. <laughs> yep shock and weddings are more kentucky uh kentucky exclusive though <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true that, that's a local brew it really is yeah <laughs> all right it's weird not having a, a host um mm-hmm. Because we have no transitions. Not that we usually do yeah, either. We, because yeah, I, I, I don't think it's that weird. <laughs> no, no, but I can at least blame someone. You right, know? right. When, I, yeah. when I'm like, wow, we're really not transitioning properly. All right, like, well, I'll step in. I'll pick job. up the slack right. on the transition. <laughs> okay, so uh, first up, um, Chase went, went ahead and listened to the episode from last week. He took a lot of notes and uh, played it back multiple times on 0.5 speed, if I understand correctly. Uh, yeah, that's was... true. That's true. I put a lot of time <laughs> yeah. into this. Um, yeah, I, I did. I did graduate yeah. last week, so you know I had a lot of time to just really go through. Oh, yeah. uh, not visiting oh, yeah. with family or like no nope. you know, drinking. No, I don't drink. No. Um, I just what I did was I really took detailed notes on yeah. the podcast that you did. Uh, I've listened to about a third of it, and I've taken zero notes and have no idea really what you talked about. Right, right. Other than Cass being fucking hungover. That's the only thing I really <laughs> yeah. ga- gleamed from the part that I listened to. Cass was, like, miserable at the start of the podcast, and I think he forgot about it as it went on. But anyway, we, we it were... It would have two and a half hours otherwise. It was weird, because <laughs> yeah. it seemed like, it seemed like uh, you know, you, it was late at night. Like we don't record this at like noon. Yes, yeah, no. It was it was a night podcast, but Cass was saying it was an all day hangover kind of deal. Yeah, I think he could have probably done something about that. Yeah, I was telling him he needs to drink some Pedialyte and some Gatorade because he said he drank a bunch of water. But as we went over, you know, if you're really hungover, you need more than just water. You need some electrolytes. Hey, take an Advil, man. Like just <laughs> you don't yeah. wallow in it for like <laughs> eighteen hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Cass's hangover aside, I was wondering if you had any thoughts from the podcast or otherwise on the hefty slate of PBE changes, which presumably will be fully added to the game this week. I mean, there is, yeah, there's quite a bit, and obviously you talked about it for, what, two and a half hours last week. Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so much the fact that you didn't actually get to uh the thing that i wrote the description about which was the <laughs> right yeah <laughs> what you said <laughs> in the description which, which, you didn't really know so you, you left it yeah open. yeah which which is yeah. true i didn't know and i think it was obvious that i got it wrong by anyone who listened to the podcast um <laughs> just a classic bait and switch you know oh yeah yeah i mean there's just so little like like so many numbers changes in this patch. I'm just scrolling through this uh, the spreadsheet that Blade yeah. made that I'm sure was talked about a lot mm-hmm. last week. Also, look um, at this level of preparation for the podcast. This is why we're switching him out as the host. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if yeah. we can allow this level of pre- preparation. Uh, yeah. I'll need to drink more then, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that uh, it for from the host we need like maybe some vague topic ideas or like a scroll through Reddit. Ideally, uh, <laughs> bringing up topic ideas we covered like three weeks ago, as if they're new. That's that's who we really. But possibly need. like worded slightly different. <laughs> hey guys, do you yeah. just like Smurfs? <laughs> yeah. All right, I have yeah, a brand so new idea for us to discuss. Uh, let's transition to talking about why the op needs to be buffed. Yeah, <laughs> never covered before. No, uh, enough shitting on Cass. Uh, what are there any? Was there anything that stuck out to you, Chase? As hmm, this seems interesting in all the numbers. I mean, the chamber thing is interesting. Yeah, yeah. In, in general. Because, um, like, the thing that... Obviously, I don't play chamber. But the thing that Cass complained about the most when he started playing the new chamber was the uh, the trap uh, range. Yes, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that getting a buff, who knows what, that, what those numbers actually mean. Mm-hmm. But a little bit more range seems to be, like, what he was wanting. Uh, and so that could make him viable in a lot more scenarios. I, I don't know exactly what maps or what exact positions that you can now play that you couldn't before. Um, but I think it's very possible that, that that gives a little bit more freedom of where to play with Chamber. Um, and then the ability to equip your weapon right out of it seems uh, pretty good, too, so you don't just yeah. get rushed down. Uh, since that was the main complaint of... You know, you teleport out and then you're a sitting duck because they know where you had to teleport to. Right. So right. those like kind of work in tandem with each other where like, oh, you might have a couple more options of where to teleport to. So they don't know exactly where you teleported, um, you know, because you're playing in in the range of your trap or whatever. Um, I, yeah, for I, sure. I don't know. And yeah. then. Um, and then, yeah, you can tell you can teleport and then equip your weapon so you don't get rushed down yeah seems uh seems like it could work i don't know if it's actually going to make people play chamber again it doesn't seem like it's like a big like hard hitting um like ooh, i want to play chamber again like buff you know for for anybody that's switched off of chamber for the last couple of acts it's like oh well you know it do- doesn't seem like it's got the the draw that it might it might have needed maybe over time though yeah, I, th- I think the cool thing about it is that you can, you know, before if you can get Chamber to, you know, take a shot and TP, even if he kills someone, and as long as, you know, your whole team is there, you could easily rush down the Chamber at that position, whereas now you can do things like you can have your TP on one side of an angle and then play the other side if the TP is just a little bit further back, and now you can, like, immediately crossfire with yourself after you take the shot which I think, I think is pretty neat. So, like, is, is that enough to move the needle, like you're saying? I'm not sure. I'm not, I never was a chamber maid, so I can't really get in, in that mindset all that well. But uh, 
we don't know how immediate it is, right? Like we know that you immediately equip right. your weapon, but when does the animation end and the equip begin? I think is the question. Yeah, I was what I said on the last pod is that I'm imagining it works that like the weapon equip is happening while your the TP animation is happening. So it's not that you literally just zero time but that you don't have to finish your TP animation and then equip your weapon, which is what it was before that by the time the TP animation is done, now you have your weapon out. Yeah. But like how long is that and how like, there's definitely going to be a time when you're in the new location, right? Where you can't fire your gun. Well, because otherwise that sounds insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I wanted to test it. So as soon as the changes came out, I booted up the PBE and then they, failed to push any of the chamber changes to the PBE, even though they were in the PBE patch notes. So I don't know. I'm not sure how it feels yet, but we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, I think the chamber stuff is interesting. I think what's going to have the most long lasting effects though, are definitely the Pearl changes, the shorty changes and the Viper changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we went on all of them for great length last podcast. Yeah. So we're not going to, okay. probably not going to get into it. Uh, Oh, I did have one thing to bring up about the chamber thing, um, which I've I've heard on multiple podcasts now, um, either that I'm on or that I'm not on, uh, which was Hunter claiming like that it's way better to uh, to teleport to like different elevations okay. with the with the new like th- this is something yeah. you talked about. I'm not lying, right? Like this, that's correct. This is something That's correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand why this is a benefit when previously when you had two anchors you could teleport to two different elevations anyway well so basically the idea is that you know before when you took took longer to equip your weapon and could get to safety with your second tp you know there's not really a situation where you'd want to tp somewhere nearby but up high but now assuming that this is you know correct that it um you know you equip your gun fairly soon what i'm picturing is like icebox a site you you play behind screens as chamber, but you have your TP, you know, up into nest. So like, you know, you take the duel and then TP up there. And now immediately you're like peeking out from the other side and up high. Like, is there, is that, is that even big enough? Like, could you do that? I think so, but I'm not confident, you know, something like that, something cheeky where you're, you know, like a, like a jet dash or a raised blast pack. You're just all of a sudden at an elevation that, yeah, someone could shoot you if they're, if they're already ready for it. But if not, you can really catch some people off guard. I think you chose the, like the worst possible option for that a site icebox example. I think you play maze and then you go up top on top of screens. Okay. That would be okay. a clear example in my brain. But like, I feel like you would get shot while you're TPing up there if you're just on top of screens. But I guess it depends on where the enemy is pushing from. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I see what you mean, but also it's like a well, sure, I guess this was an option before, but there was just a better option available and now there's no better option available. So it opens this up. But like it was always available and there's a reason that there was it the other option was better. Well, I mean, before you add the the gun equip thing, it's just a worst option that now you might use because there isn't a better option. But with the gun equip, all of a sudden it becomes interesting. I still don't think it's better than the two P- TPs, just to be clear. Like, yeah, obviously, I don't think okay, anyone... But, would... but you agree there's no, like, if you keep the gun, like, equip time the same, there's no difference between having one TP or two TPs and TPing to elevation. Other than distance away that you can do that. Well, I mean, the key thing is that... I mean, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just that... Yeah, 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 more or less. I'm trying to think if there's any... 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing any difference. I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. That, that, I just remember hearing that again and being like, yeah. okay, well, I, I don't understand where he's coming from here. But mm-hmm. I, I see I see kind of what you mean with, with the combination of the equip time. Um, yeah, and I, I think about it as Yoru a good bit as well. Now, your experience plays into my thinking here because, you know, there are absolutely times when uh, I'm trying to get out of a situation like the enemies are, are rushing me down and I throw my TP, but it doesn't really have enough time to get to really where I want it to be. Um, and then I get a kill and I just hit it and hope for the best. And sometimes that works out, but sometimes, you know, I don't get my gun out before I get shot down. And so being able to, you know, do that and actually get my gun out is pretty cool. Like Yoru. Well, I mean that's the thing. If with Yoru there there is a there is a I don't I'm curious to see how it compares now, honestly, because Yoru I don't know what the timing is of re equipping after TP, but I'm curious to see how that's gonna be uh compared to Chambers. Is it gonna be the same? Is it gonna be better with Chamber? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah I, I forgot. Uh yeah, you know, you always like to act objective when you're talking about the shorty stuff, but you I mean like as a former Yoru main, whole act yeah. one tricking him that that shorty ulti combo, you know. Yeah, it's it's I actually. Can, I can, I can yeah. see your bias plain as day now. It's just see, it's actually it's very funny weird. that you say that because I, for whatever, for a combination of reasons, I never really did that much with Yoru. Like that's hey, really you hated it. The the shorty ult yeah yeah yeah, yeah you hated the the ult trick with the shorty and that was like I was more meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. that, that's that's fair for you to say but I was actually just watching my Yoru highlights because I was going back and forth with someone in the DMs from uh, a podcast listener and talking about Yoru and yeah it's just that um, ever since they especially once they buffed it so that you know you don't have that very decreased vision range like you know I just would rather not limit myself that much and in a lot of cases. You know, yes, the value of the shorty, it makes it hard to beat, but um, I would rather ult if when I can afford an SMG and then have a lot more variety in what I can do with it. So, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, but in my case, I don't think it applies all that much. I mean, yeah, talking about it just the just briefly, um, I don't... Uh, fuck the shorty changes. Uh, the shorty was fine. Good, good. Thank you, Jace. Thank yeah, you. The shorty, the shorty was fine. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I agree with the price increase. If... You then make the right click on the classic 150 credits. Let's go, let's go, Chase. <laughs> I needed you last week. <laughs> was this a, was that? I didn't yeah. get to the part of the podcast where you're talking about this. Is this I, something that you I brought mean, up? It was the a thing was, but, I mean, we're, this yes. is something we brought up a billion yeah. times. Talking about like beating a dead horse, but <laughs> yeah. no. I my biggest point was people saying, "Oh, the shorty is too much value for the money." you know, are not correct because the classic is insane value for being free. So I said, the way, the way I looked at it is I said, if you remove the right click from the classic, then I could see increasing the price on the shorty, which is kind of a different way of saying a similar thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it like you should have an upgrade to the classic, which is the ability to right click, which you pay 150 credits yeah. for then. I like it. I Instead like it. of a shorty. Uh, and then that yeah. would be like a really nerf shorty, but just at a, I mean, would it even be? It's very different, like mm-hmm. better than a shorty in a lot of situations. So, right. Um, and then have the shorty itself be 300 fucking fine. I don't really care. Also the, the monetary, like doesn't make that big of a difference between 150 and 300 credits. It's literally double, which is percentage wise right. a lot, but in game, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Usually when you're going to like 
afford 150 you can afford 300 it doesn't make like in what situation is that really going to matter uh, yeah. like a super eco where you can only spend 200 credits but then like at that point i'm probably just going for classic plus like a couple pieces of utility anyway that i might be able to bring into the next round yeah well i think it's just mostly targeting like since the price increase isn't that much honestly it's mostly just targeting tacking it on at the end of your buy like that's that's what it's targeting as a I secondary think. yeah mm-hmm. like uh what i kind of alluded to or my analogy was that it's like a fifth piece of utility you can buy to basically just win close gunfights like uh i think i was watching a lot of the games today uh or in challengers where people would just bring out their shorty if they were playing in like uh elbow of a of split and like everyone's doing that because it's like, oh yeah, I know I can't take that fight as- with a vandal, so I have to take a shorty out because he has one. So I mean, isn't that like still what's going to happen though? I mean, I was listening to the plot chat episode today, and they were discussing how uh, like light shields shorty is still cheaper than full shields, and like light shields meta has gotten pretty big in yeah. uh, in the in the pro scene, so. Um, it it's might just still like, happen. Yeah. It might still like, happen. I think you're still think... people are still going to be buying light shields shorty. Yeah, I mean it might still happen some, but I think just trying to curb it down a little bit is what's important. Like, I guess like in in case they like or unless they increase a lot of stuff or make everything or make the shorty way more expensive, it's always going to be an option. I don't think they want to make it like completely not an option so yeah i mean yeah yeah obviously you want it to be an option you don't want them to like do a full chamber to the shorty and say no one can play this now yeah Um, right right now now i wish they would do that with pearl um (laughs) make no one able to play pearl yeah yeah that would actually how they did it in the uh in the pbe patch notes that's how i want pearl that's the best change i think they could have done (laughs) just removing it (laughs) yeah Yeah, Pearl is disabled. I like that change. Uh, they should do that. Um, but to the I game. except for Premiere, except for Premiere, because we're disabled. good at Pearl on Premiere. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, I mean sure, but I still hate it. Yeah, we were really good on, on Premiere. Yeah, as I bottom frag as Phoenix. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I still fucking hate that map. The only reason yeah. we're good at Pearl is because Alex drops like forty on Reyna. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I'm very biased, but I, I like to think that our, our the higher uh, the harbor viper utility ends up working well for us as well. I think so, but also like the harbor viper meta in general is just kind of boring. I don't want to see people spraying through four smokes to try to get a kill on diffuse. Like, like a little less RNG it. in the game, please. Yeah, I don't hate pearl honestly conceptually. Um, Especially now that I know how to play it. I, I still don't like it in ranked very much because I don't like playing Harbor in ranked on Pearl specifically. Because because I feel like on Pearl versus Icebox, you use your utility so much more to set up your team than you do to set up yourself. And in ranked, yeah. I like to use my utility selfishly. <laughs> at least at times, at least be able to do that. And I kind of have to use it in particular ways that if my team isn't playing around it well, it doesn't really do all that much. Yeah, I didn't I realize that this box at the top of ramps has been changed so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a crazy change to the box. Uh, too bad we're not going to see it in Tokyo at all, because that's starting, I yeah. guess, literally in a week. Uh, recording this on Sunday, so 
uh, June 4th when uh, nothing happened in China. I'll take my check. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just realizing we were we were talking last week like the PBE changes would be in the game um, last Tuesday, but I don't think they yeah. were, were they? No, it's now it's it's coming out June sixth. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, this coming right. Tuesday they'll be in the game. Yeah, yeah. Because last last podcast we were discussing maybe they would be in Tokyo. It'd be like ten days or something if they released last week, but then they didn't. So yeah, okay, cool. So I yeah, mean, Tokyo like a week definitely not. Quite a long time. Yeah. All right. Uh, so um, anything else about PBE stuff? Um. Yeah, Pearl sucks. Changes seem fine, but B side still dog shit. Um, I think these changes are spread, right That's direction. in here. What, yes. like, why? What, what's the deal with zip lines? Why were they a problem? They well, hate we, Asuna. Well, we were discussing. Yeah, like, come on, <laughs> like it's just, just an Asuna nerf. It, it yeah. is. We were discussing that it seems like the single reason to do it is not Icebox, since Icebox isn't in the pool. But split people cheesing the ropes in vents, just like going up and down the ropes and spraying as people come. Yeah, head glitching on the rope, like it'd yeah. be heaven or whatever, stuff like that. Try to remove that a little bit. Uh, it's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with that either. Uh, I see. It, I, okay, it says like there's a much bigger like uh, nerf here to like precision weapons. Yeah. Well, yes. What was interesting is that they. Basically, the weapons used to have, like, their own percentage of inaccuracy on ropes, and they standardized it to where now all of the weapons have 65% of their walking accuracy on, you know, on ropes, whereas before they kind of had their own thing going, which ended okay, up so affecting this is just you weapons. doing the math? Yeah, okay. Right, right. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. I mean, it, make, it makes sense. I think it's fine, I guess, but... Like, it's not like that's something you see in ranked a lot. Yeah. So, like, who the fuck head glitches on a rope? Like, sometimes you get a weird spray down, but most people just whiff when they're standing. So, whiffing <laughs> on a rope is a lot, <laughs> a lot easier, easier to, to do. do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I give a shit if someone's on the rope. Unless they got a judge. Who won't whiff the pros. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that now. Yeah, that's enough yeah. of uh That's a good segue. Last week. Speaking of people yeah. who don't whiff. Uh, the the rest of this episode is going to be focused on uh, pro, particularly uh, franchise league heading into Tokyo. So I'll I'll put yeah. that out as a disclaimer for anyone who doesn't care about the pro scene. The rest of the episode is going to be about the pro scene. So as much as I don't want to say leave, you can you can leave now if that's not. I'm what saying you're uh, people yeah. who don't whiff uh, talk about C nine. Oh. <laughs> oh oh man. I mean, I Let's think that's kind of the opposite it. of what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, big whiffs, big whiffs. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. We go did ahead. talk about uh, Cass's name being crossed out, uh, had to cross out C9's name. Cause <laughs> I, I, I constructed it before we knew uh, the last team making it to Tokyo for an A. And then I was just like, okay, never mind for <laughs> Cloud9 because they just gig yeah. up through. Yep. Um, oh yeah, like it is <laughs> you have never mind LOL written next <laughs> yeah. to their name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going into uh, what I what I said in my notes, thinking about uh, Cloud Nine, is you know 
a lot of the cloud nine core their coach mce leaf and zeppa and then uh zelsis who is not a long time cloud nine member but is a, a, a long time tier one pro i feel like all of those people are generally pretty well regarded however i think at some point you have to start looking at them as uh chokers <laughs> because there's been several different iterations and at different points all of them have really failed to step up in key moments and all of them have been several times on rosters that were predicted to you know win and qualified international events and have just not i mean c9 in particular have had five different matches over the last two years where they could have qualified for an international event with a win and they lost all five so i feel like it's you know that needs to affect their reputation a little bit that you know at a certain point if you crumble under pressure you know that's that's a problem (laughs) you might need to get swapped out yeah, I mean, who are their losses to in qualifying? Oh, NRG oh. and EG. Oh, they did lose to EG? Yeah, yeah they got crushed by EG. They lost 13 yeah, They got their doors 13-2. blown off, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. brutal. Okay, mm-hmm. no, I, d- I did know that. Um, I mean, yeah, the point I was going to make is then no longer stands. Because, like, if somebody lost to, like, NRG and Loud, then right, I'd, right. I'd be like, okay, great. But, yeah, they got fucking whooped by EG. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that game was so funny, like, People, the crowd was just chanting for aces and stuff, like just wanting, like EG to style on him even more. Just the demon one showcase. Yeah, what a god! The game. Yeah. He had himself a, a game and a half. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, like I, I feel for Cloud Nine. Uh, I think uh, a lot of it also was I think Jake and Rooney didn't feel the pressure beforehand because I mean, like regular season, yeah. like. There's pressure in a regular season, obviously, because you're on land. It's the first time you're on land. That's a big step up. But if you have one bad week on land or in the regular season, that's not going to kill you. You have enough time to, like, get the nerves out while you're doing that, but then turn it into this one-week gauntlet going through a best-of-eight or a best-of-six bracket to qualify for Tokyo. That's going to put a lot more pressure on you. Well, and also the fact that there were no expectations in the regular season, right? right. Literally everyone yeah. was like, oh, they're bringing in these two, like, unknown players. Um, like, pretty much unknown. They're going to be terrible. Like, no worry. Like, they'll, they'll, like, figure it out eventually, hopefully. But, you know. And then they started just playing well. Like, they were popping off. Oh, and, yeah. Um, everybody then builds their expectations. So then when you end the regular season yeah. as like one of the top teams, now the expectations are you're going to masters. Yeah. I, I think the problem I mean, is their walkout song. Let's just talk about it. for whatever reason, <laughs> I guess it's to be funny. They pick this like super, like slow, like melodramatic, like walkout song when everyone else is getting pumped. I think it ruins the vibe from pre round one. Dude, Loud's song was just, like, final boss music. They were going crazy. Which is fair for Loud. I mean, (laughs) well-deserved. I mean, it's just crazy what they've been able to do. Uh, Is that not a a, a column on this uh, this sheet, (laughs) the walkout song title? (laughs) See, that's that's the the problem. That was my big mistake. Yeah, it's a massive (laughs) whiff there. How are we supposed to do, like, pick-ems if if we don't know (laughs) what the walkout song is? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) How do we know the vibe of the match? Mm -hmm. True. Okay, all all we know is that Loud is just going to fuck people up. Because, I mean, they finished first regular season, finished first in playoff. And, I mean, they just just looked insane. It felt like they just couldn't lose. Like, 
even when NRG started playing better, like they didn't play bad necessarily in finals, even though they got three would like two of them were like one round away from getting into yep. overtime. So it's like, Oh yeah. But loud just was just like, okay, no, I'm just going to crush them real quick. Crush their spirits just in the game three Oh, or in the match. Very, very entertaining match though. Like I, like mm-hmm. I tuned in in map two and I was like, I don't know how much of this I'm going to watch. I've seen the same story like several times before, but it's just such good Valorant watching those two teams play. I mean, the level of calling individual performance and like creativity in the strategies and team comps, like it's just much must watch Valorant. I'm surprised it was a 3-0, honestly. I think that it kind of deserved to be like I, every game they play deserves to be longer than that. It deserves to be closer. And they were like three really close maps, but um, like, you know, it should go to to map five. Yeah. Like the way that yeah. they both played. Mm-hmm. It feels like it. I could see, like, there might have been a little bit of burnout for NRG because I think they talked about it where, like, yeah, I think FNS and Chet, they said they had, like, six and a half hours sleep over, like, the past two days because they were just so busy prepping these matches. Like, yeah. I I hope it turns more into, like, uh, the League of Legends system where, like, there's more buildup in the playoffs because it was just crazy. It was, like, from Tuesday to Sunday, just the full bracket. Like, you're playing one game a day every day unless you have buys or you go through the upper bracket really fast like it's a brutal schedule going like that and i think it probably took the toll in the end for uh nrg yeah definitely and because they had to go through the entire lower bracket too yeah right yeah i uh going on to nrg and loud or i guess uh i guess loud the first thought that i had is that it really does feel like go, moving on a little bit towards Masters Tokyo, even though we're going to discuss the NA teams and it like specifically more. It does feel like we're heading to another Loud versus Fnatic Grand Finals, doesn't it? It does feel like that a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure paper exactly Rex, what baby. Fnatic... <laughs> we'll I would get there. love we'll get there. Paper Rex to be in the mix, <laughs> just to be clear. I would love that to happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, it does kind of feel like it, but I could honestly see, like... We don't know what would have happened. Maybe NRG could have done something to have won against Fnatic or something. Like I feel like that was like the other closest match, but they ran into Loud earlier. They ran into Loud, I think, right before or in quarters. They were I, talking I about walk in. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they lost to Loud in the quarters, but we don't know what would have happened if they were on a different part of the bracket. Yeah. So do, yeah, do I mean, it seems like yeah. it, they would be close games. Um, For sure. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, it does kind of seem like we're going towards a, a loud fanatic grand final again. Uh, yeah. That would be the most typical, the most boring, but also exciting. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's boring watching fanatic, in my opinion. I always love watching loud, so I, I would love to see loud get their revenge and get the win. Mm-hmm. He thinks so. I mean, I just love Boaster. Got it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should read my you should read my note about fanatic then when we get there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll get some, there. I have some yeah. words about Boaster. Anyway, <laughs> uh but while we're on NA, um I guess maybe we'll start with NRG since we were comparing them to C uh C nine and that energy beat them. I kinda went in a specific direction as I was thinking about having this discussion, which is that Early on, especially when Energy was struggling a little bit during the regular season, there were all these memes about, oh, what would I give to be able to have the old optic core uh, here? 
And honestly, I think at this point, now that they've gelled as a roster, my hot take is that I don't think that NRG would be better with Ye and Marv versus Som and Artis. And the reason for that is that Som has been really, really good. They showed a statistic for across all franchised leagues. Um, Som is top five. I want to say he was three, but he's definitely top five in 1v1 uh, clutches. He, his utility is great and his fragging is good. He's just a very smart and fun player. And then probably the bigger, the more controversial take is Artis versus Ye. And I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't think Ye is washed, but I think that he's top three in the world at Chamber. And I think the fact that he, you know, if you look at tier two in particular, you know, he's, you know, baby bay or worse on Jet. At least that's what he showed this season. And, you know, I still think he can be very successful and he had a bad team situation. But I think with Chamber not being dominant, Artis is pretty comparable to Ye in terms of how he's been playing. I think you're I mean, 2021 blind. I think you're, I think you're, uh, you're, yeah, it's a terrible take. <laughs> Dude, like, it, you should go back and watch, uh, like, Masters, uh, Berlin or whatever when EG or I guess it was Envy made the finals uh, yeah. against uh, a Gambit I think that was what they were called then because they were yeah, M3C yeah. for 2022 like he was just insane on Jet he was so crazy he I mean like in any time he did break out the Jet uh, on Optic like when it was like I think Ascent he played Jet because like chamber was like going out of fashion a little bit on that map like he was just dropping crazy numbers it was ridiculous i think it's like yay doesn't look that good right now they even lost today against or esports but like so much of it is he had crashes who's like just an insane initiator he had victor to go and get headshot for him so he could go and headshot everyone else what like wait, i'm confused where did they play today uh, DSG played today. They lost. Uh, but like, Zero. what event though? Uh, relegations in challengers. Oh, I didn't know there was a. How does relegations work? I didn't even know that, that was happening. Honestly. So the bottom four get put in the relegation thing, and then two of the four, they get out, and then they have to go back into the open brackets. And two oh, of the open brackets go back in for next okay. year. I so did not know that that's that was what's happening. happening today. Yeah, there's only wait. There's only two slots available to get in through open qualifier. That's I think all of them should have to go through open qualifier again. That's just me. I could see that, but also like that's just like delaying the inevitable. Like if I guess then that makes three spots because one person is going to get like the ascension ascended. Yeah, yeah. I think three is probably enough, uh, but they also might change the format slightly. I'm not sure. Like. The thing that kind of sucks with Valorant Esports being so new, it's hard to, like, know how things are going to evolve. And we don't even know, like, how next year's going to be with BCT because we had lock-in for the first event ever type deal. So Yeah, I just think there's not enough opportunities, at least there weren't this year, for uh, teams to qualify through open tournaments into the Challenger Series. Um, and I see incentivizing, like, qualifying earlier, but there should be another open qualifier later in the year because... Like, just to give, you know, Tier 3 teams something to look forward to, because what Tier 3 teams are then sticking around to try to make it into Tier 2, to try to make it into Tier 1, if, like, you know, they lose the first 
event, they're just going to dissolve. Yeah. Right. It's like there should be another open qualifier, I think, halfway through the year. But yeah, I would be down yeah. for that. I think that could be fun for a bit of a shakeup. But yeah, I just pulled up that that stat, that match from today. And the uh, the first uh, map of Pearl, which was a close one, Ye went 18 and 19 on Jet. And then on Ascent, he went 9 and 16 on Jet. I mean, like, I'm they were sorry. just getting slaughtered. Yeah, obviously the team play is not great. But Jet is arguably the most self-sufficient, uh, you know, agent in the game. And, you know, even if you're in a lot of 1v3s and so, you know, I'm not saying that you win as a good player on Jet in a 1v3. You get a kill. You, you don't go, you know, you don't go negative. It depends seven. on how well the other team is playing against you. I Like, yeah, but, yeah, I, I but think that the, the only, that the only Jet top, we've really yeah. seen him play, like, is at lock-in, where the entire team was not in the best form. And they didn't even sure. play that bad. They lost to DRX. Like, that's not right, something right. to be ashamed of. DRX... Yeah was one of, like, the top three consistent teams last year. Yeah, definitely. Year. Yeah. And one of the, uh, like, one of the, like, highest teams, or, no, they qualified second in uh, in Pacific, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, that's a that's a solid and, and respectable loss to take out take you out of the tournament. Well, but, yeah, one thing I thought of uh, just, to, just now during this podcast that I hadn't before is you're talking about Ye being good on uh, Jet on the, in the Envy days, and... Honestly, it's been a while since then. I can't remember much for specifically, but what's worth pointing out is that was also before the jet nerfs. That was also, or the, you know, the, the dash nerf for sure. I don't know what exactly what else it was. So, you know, it's a, it's a new jet now, uh, with, with a lot more, which is different in how you play it. And I just simply think that, you know, if you're a top three player in the world, like Ye was on chamber, you don't go nine and 16 against ORE sports. I'm not saying he needs to top frag every game. I'm just saying that at a certain point, it's fair to say he has fallen off a good bit. I think you're completely underestimating. Like, Jed is pretty self-sufficient, but think about it. If he's doing his job and he's playing the entry role and everything like that, like, if your Sova isn't darting or KO isn't getting what you want in different places, like, he had that before. He had, like, the victor to go in with him, be the other side of the entry yeah. while he was in the smoke and stuff like that. Like, he doesn't have that now because the team coordination is so messed up. Like, I think since he's also, like, supposed to be the greatest player, he's probably putting a lot of pressure on himself to perform, and he's probably taking aggressive stuff that he didn't have to take during uh, during his optic days. Yeah, if Plus, he was uh, on a tier oh, tier sure, one sure. team, then like you have the team supporting you, not only for setting you up, but like like Blade was saying, um, like not putting that pressure on you to take overly aggressive things because you know somebody else is going to deal with it. You don't have to like try to take the game in your hands, right? Oh, yeah. You can just kind of relax and get your kills. And I feel like, yeah, the, how he's performing on DSG, I think, is not an indication of how he would perform on a high level team. Oh, just to be clear, that that statement that you just said, I fully agree with. I'm not saying that like, oh, you know, he's not doing well in tier two, therefore he's not a tier one player. I think he's absolutely still has the potential to be a tier one player. And I imagine that if he were to get swapped out for a jet player on one of these franchise teams, that he could he could be a solid jet player. I just think that Artis has done a solid job of, you know, picking up that role on NRG. And I think that Ye looking to have not to not be that, you know, top three worldwide player anymore. 
I don't think it's I don't think that Ye provides a, a sizable upgrade to Artis is what I'm saying. I think that Ye could be, you know, a a uh, I'm not I'm not coming up with the term. A, yeah, a a, a horizontal a side lateral. grade. There we go. Yeah, a or side grade to artists. Or... Like you know, better in some ways, worse than others. But I don't think you swap Ye out for artists, and the energy roster necessarily improves. That that's that's the point that I was making. Not that not that he's uh, bad. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, and my my point here is that that I was trying to get to is that I also agree that they would not be better with the previous roster. Oh, cool. Okay. But it's for a slightly different reason. Um, mm-hmm. I think the better argument, in my opinion, is because of Victor. Um, because mm. now we have unleashed the Victor. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, whereas before the reason, like everybody talks about it, the reason why, um, Ye was so good is because Victor was setting him up for all of these situations. You had like a little pocket Victor that would <laughs> run into yeah. sight and, and t- dodge bullets or take, take bullets for you to go and get, for Ye to go get like a, like a three K. Right. But now, now that Victor is not like confined to that role mm-hmm. and it worked for them great before, but he is popping the fuck off, right? He's playing so well. Yeah, um, really and is. it's, I mean, I think that that along with artists being like a very good jet, um, like world-class is like definitely bringing energy above where I think the, uh, the previous roster would have been. Hmm. And like I, I said like two downgrades. Like maybe it's just Marv's reputation, but I I definitely see Som being an upgrade overall. I think it was just colored by my like twenty twenty two lens where Som was on NRG beforehand. Yeah, but that was in like the Hayes X yeah. roster, <laughs> right. which was obviously not on the level of the optic core. You didn't have finesse IGLing you, so that's kind of makes it hard to play the game when yeah. you don't have the Giga Brain. Um, but I not sure about yay. He might like, it'd probably be like a 5% increase. I wouldn't even say like, I don't know if like he is, I might be a side grade, might be a slight upgrade. It's just really hard to tell also since we don't have yay on a tier one team to compare. Yeah. It was just, he was just put in a shitty situation with all the cloud nine stuff that happened. Very much so. Uh, but overall, like, I think they're an insane team. I think there's. They're one of the key contenders for Tokyo. Like, I think, I think that there's like three contenders. I think, which is like Fnatic, Loud, and NRG. Maybe PRX or DRX. Liquid, but like, I don't really think so. But maybe. Uh. But they're definitely still up there, and I think they could still win the tournament. Just didn't go their way with some of the Loud games. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely fair to look at energy as a contender. And, you know, the more they play loud, the more loud beats them, the more stuff they find out about loud, especially, you know, as the the loud roster develops their strategies with two E's and Cowan Zine. Um, and real quick about, yeah, I do want to say, I definitely want to see him get another shot at tier one. I think he deserves it. And I think anyone looking at his tier two performance and saying, oh, well, he's a subpar tier two player is, is definitely not... He's definitely being dumb, just to be clear. I would love to see him. He's a great guy. I'd love to see him back to get a chance because um, he deserves it. Also, um, MCE, like I heard him talking about it, and he's like, Ye is a low-paying type of player. Like, he's in California because he was with Cloud9, 
and like since most uh, tier two games probably play on like Texas or Chicago servers, you're getting way higher ping than the people who live in Texas. Like uh, MCA like puts heavy benefit on like the M80 guys all staying at Texas. I think the the Moist mm. Mogul people they're they boot, they're boot camping in the Optic facility actually right now. Yeah. So like. Which is a really cool facility. Like, damn, I don't know how Optic has the money for that because it's sick. Yeah, but uh, maybe that's also playing like a factor in his like performance, where it's like he should be able to do these things. And for the layman, the ping difference doesn't make a difference. But for people like his at his caliber, it probably does make a difference. Yeah, I mean, just mm-hmm. playing on low ping or like playing on land, you could be like a you know, land god. Yeah, I mean, in Premiere, we had to play on bad ping for our Premiere games on um, in North California, which wasn't even the best for our Canadian people and was certainly not good for me and Alex in Maryland. Oh, that was brutal. That, and, that tournament was awful. The, why were we on North California the entire time? Yeah, and, you know, I'm just going to say, our strategy, our aim, everything was on point. We lost purely because of the ping, which leads me to agree that that's the problem with EA as well. True. Of course. Yeah, that, I, Hunter did VOD reviews for all of our premiere games, and uh, it was just 20 minutes of him saying, "Yeah, we would have won this, but the ping." Yes, like you yes, can see the lag happen here. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he <laughs> mentioned it constantly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. We should probably get on to the last NA team, uh, EG, and man, what what an impressive performance from them in playoffs. Like, I think, yeah, I like I'm I'm a huge EG fan now. Like not going to follow them on social media because you need to keep the meme alive of them having no clout. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate what they did there. Like having this team that they kept together, I think calm Bustio and judgment were all on the EG roster of 2022. And then they brought in or yeah, calm Bustio judgment. And then they brought in Ethan and BCJ uh, starting in for lock-in. And then they swapped in the God demon one, like, yeah. What a crazy fucking guy. Like I I started following on Twitter. Like his Twitter clips are so nutty and he posts them every day and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I I can't even believe what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean this the guy team, is just crazy, yeah. Yeah, I mean the the team said um that they believed when they were like scouting him that he might be one of the best mechanical players in the world at the game. And, you know, I feel like it's I, I don't disagree <laughs> after seeing him perform in playoffs, like my goodness, the uh, the flicks and the uh, the movement and aim is just world class with him, which is saying something. I think his movement's uh, not really world class because he doesn't have a passport, but it's American class. <laughs> yeah, True. yeah, that's that's the really sad thing that like you know the th- we saw EG defy everyone's expectations in the regular season. And then there was the question of, okay, well they did it all right in the regular season, but how is it going to be when the pressure's on where, you know, C9 crumbled and they stepped up in a, in a huge way. And so now it's, I would love to see how they do on the international stage, but as it turns out, we won't really get to see because they're losing their star player. Uh, But we will, right? Like they're going to champs. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm talking about Tokyo specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for them in champs, but it's going to be such a bummer for them to, you know, have to come up with new strats and stuff with, to a certain extent at least, with a new player. And they're not even bringing BCJ back either because obviously he's not a Jet. Like, they're bringing in someone new who, like, didn't... Yeah. Who's, like, I on their roster reformed. but didn't play. Yeah, reformed. Like, it's... You Weren't know, they it's saying he was a Smokes player? Like, what? I don't I, know. I haven't followed it. Was like, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but also, like, fuck it. 
you're, you're like you you weren't expecting to make it here anyway yeah um so like whoever you can get to play like i don't think they're gonna do very well i mean you could know nothing about valorant uh and just say hey there's a team they're swapping out their player named demon one for someone named reformed it's just an upgrade yeah. or a downgrade <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like, no, i'll one. take the demon yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I saw this take on uh, Reddit where it's like Demon One luck- is lucky he's so good because like that'd be the cringiest name if he was just like some shitty Sentinel player. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a demon. Yeah, like if Steel oh, was yeah, named I'm, Demon I'm One. I'm the <laughs> bottom frag, but my util's pretty good. Right. Right. Oh, well, you're you're gonna upset all the CS:GO like old heads over here. Yeah. I mean, I like Steel. He just you know fragging in Valorant has never been a, a massive strength of his. Um. But anyway, yeah, it's about Demon 1, though. I mean, the, the cockiness and attitude he brings is just so fun to watch as well. Um, yeah, true. Like, it was it was funny how uh, on, you know, the back to the Evil Geniuses clout thing, that someone from the Evil Geniuses organization, I'm not quite sure what their role was, they basically decided to capitalize on the success of EG in playoffs, and they posted some very long Twitter threads about their, like, scouting process and how they had people do, like, aim labs drills and stuff to like you know get the get the cream of the crop to really you know get some numbers on who was good and demon one just kind of like subtweeted them they were he was just like you know they this there's some twitter threads going around making it seem like you know i had to show off in aim labs to get uh on the team when i've been you know dominating tier two and three for a while and people were like yeah i'm not really sure that's what happened like people were like you weren't really that well known but like you know that kind of cockiness and confidence is just you know it's infectious and it's cool to see you did know he was supposed to be on disguised host team but then he decided to go to eg because he wanted the shot at tier one and he obviously got it and he's showing up he's going crazy which it's really cool to see that that's that's pretty cool to see and I, honestly, I didn't know that. I didn't know quite exactly what it was with this guy's, but I knew there was something about it. Yeah, probably I good mean, for him career-wise. We'll say yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I'll definitely say is like, thank you, Hundred Thieves, for getting shit on by MIBR. Like, oh god. Like, <laughs> I can't I, I'm a Hundred Thieves fan. Like, my yeah. favorite player in League of Legends is on Hundred Thieves. Uh, but like, he. <laughs> They lost to MIBR, and it created this insane storyline and showing like yeah. how good EG could be. Like EG, like they were clowned on at the start, but they had such a good turnaround, and it would have been a shame that they weren't allowed in playoffs. But they got the chance, which is cool. Yeah, I, just to be clear, I reacted that way because you know I I hate that Hundred Thieves lost. However, I do fully agree with you because you know I I've. I don't want my favorite team to just, you know, get into the next level and then just bomb out, which is what what would have happened. 100 Thieves was just so fundamentally flawed, like, this year when it comes to their strategies and stuff and some individual play issues as well, that, like, I'd much rather have EG be in it just because EG has a chance to make some noise. It had a chance to make some noise and took advantage of it in NA. And then, unfortunately, they're a bit neutered for Tokyo, but still, it's going to be fun to see them in champs. I mean, that's what that's what we saw. That's what we thought about this playoffs thing, right? Is that they weren't going to do very well. You know, they like limped their way in. Yeah, sure. They were showing a bit of progression toward the end of the season and then they popped off. So who yeah. knows when they get to Tokyo, they could maybe reformed is reformed. 
true. <laughs> hey, you know what? The biggest, the biggest, uh, the best storyline, this would send EG's clout from negative to through the roof. You know, people have been clowning on Potter as a coach from the beginning of the season when EG wasn't doing well. What if she steps in and she's Demon 1's replacement and she just Potter pops off on the jet? the fuck off. That would be <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> Stop rags on Jet. That, that's oh, what yeah. I want to see happen. Yeah. When George Geds was, like, clowning on Potter, I'm like, bro, you have no idea what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was the cringiest stuff ever. I mean, but George Geds is just cringe in general, so. He is. I mean, he is. The, fir- the first couple of games EG played, I mean, I'm not saying that yeah, George Geds was, like, not in the right at all here, but, like, they they looked really bad, EG. <laughs> they yeah, looked yeah, really, I'll... really bad the first couple of games in the split. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll say similarly that, yeah, it seemed like EG's moves were not making much sense from an outside perspective. And even having a 10-man mm-hmm. roster in the first place, like, you know, why? <laughs> Everyone was clowning on them, and for good reason. But, like, they didn't, yeah. I mean, they didn't, like, really use that 10-man roster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, are you all right there, Blade? He <laughs> just, uh... Oh no, oh, oh no, dying. we got a plate down over here. All right, everyone, welcome back from the short intermission. We were just talking about EG and how Potter is going to pop off on Jet in Tokyo. Yeah. 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 Uh, almost died, but, you know, I made it back. Good. Good. I'm glad you're here. I was able to refresh my beer um, to a much better one. Yeah, the Coors Light, as Blake was saying. Mm-hmm. So Thank God. Yeah, yeah. The way you say Coors Light, Chase, I, don't, I guess it's like a Midwest thing, but it's so cool. The Coors. <laughs> Coors? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coors That's not quite right, but the way you say it is just like, mm, hits the ear the right way. I mean, I don't How think do it's a Midwest it? thing. I say Coors Light. You say like, the, the inflection you have is just like... Oh, yeah, yeah. You say more, you say like Coors, and I say Coors. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference right there. I thought Coors is how you say it. Yeah, I say it's C-O-R-E-S. I... Coors Light. Coors. Coors Light. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um... From Coors Light back to uh, professional NA Valorant. Um, yeah, so anything else about EG? We should have gotten the Heineken 0.0 for talking about NA Valorant. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... Icebox, the map that's in. Well, the funny thing is, like, it seems like they... Even though that they made that, like, Icebox bar, they had this, like, sponsorship deal with Ascent because... I forget if it was the main thing or if it was challengers where whenever like someone would select ascent, there'd be this Heideken 0.0 overlay, like over ascent specifically. No, like, they, they moved it to ascent since they took icebox out of the pool. And I'm oh, guessing okay. they were like, Heideken was rather like, fuck it. Give me the most played map. Yeah. 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 Like if you're going to take the one that we wanted out, yeah, the most played maps going in. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's cool that there's all that there's this uh, additional sponsorship going on because that just makes, you know, more stuff possible. So it's a little goofy, but, you know, I'm all for it. An eBay thrifty. <laughs> I, I just think that's incredible because, of course, it's, you know, eBay thrifty just works so well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like Red Bull Clutch, eBay eBay thrifty. Yeah. I think eBay thrifty is the best, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Amazon yeah. Prime is talking about EMEA. What? So should we Who talk about EMEA? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Amiya, it took me a minute to, to figure out what you were saying with that. I always say EMEA. Yeah. All right, well. I mean, yeah, me, me too, but I'll, I thought I'd be different for this podcast just to confuse Hunter. Quirky and relatable. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Blake, would you like to open us up as probably the one who put the most thought into EMEA? Uh, sure. So uh, 
So the four teams that are going from EMEA, or EMEA, the same way to say it, uh, are Fnatic, Team Liquid, uh, Foot Esports, and Navi. Uh, so I think we should probably just start off with uh, Fnatic. Even though they didn't win uh, EMEA, they still get a buy, and they're still probably the odds-on favorites to win the whole tournament. Because, I mean... They've just looked dominant throughout their whole time playing this year. It's been crazy. I don't think I watched a single game of EMEA. I'm just going to be up front there. Yeah. No, oh, yeah nor actually, did I watch a single game of Pacific. So this would be a great rest of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Blade, I will, I will ask, though. How do, how do the buys work for Tokyo? Is it? I would, I would think it would be the teams that won the grand final. But no, I guess. It's Fnatic. Maybe. Well, so it's one from NA, one from Pacific, and then two from EMEA. Because oh, they okay. one lock in, they get two of them, and then uh, then the get... extra spot they got four four qualified instead of three. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that means that you know when Liquid upset Fnatic in the grand finals in EMEA, that doesn't really mean all that much because Fnatic wasn't playing for much. It meant nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It meant okay. literally nothing for uh, like Tokyo placement. So. It might mean a little bit. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do champions stuff for seeding, but I'm yeah. sure they didn't care. And I'm sure Fnatic still wanted to win because, like, they... I think uh, Durko was like, yep, time for my third undefeated split where, like, they go crazy. And, like, I'm pretty sure he wanted to get that trophy. I think the trophy means more now with the combined leagues than it did before. I mean, I think they definitely wanted it, and they, they wanted yeah. the the undefeated again would be the third time in a row, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, crazy, but they, they didn't do it. So, but I think that they definitely weren't like throwing that last game. They weren't like, like, Oh fuck it. Like it's just a random seating match that doesn't even mean anything for our buys. And they probably still wanted to win the game. Yeah. I'm sure there's Um, prize money on the table as well, at least to some extent. It probably doesn't matter too much for these organizations in terms of that. Uh, Riot Esports is pretty famous for having relatively low prize pools because they don't. Yeah. They want it more in the salary of the players, not making it where it's like, oh yeah, you've won uh, Dota Z International once. Now you're the highest paid esports player ever in terms of tournament winnings. It's like they don't want that. They want a sustainable business model. Mm-hmm. So, I think it makes more sense to go toward. Uh, player salaries like down the board um yeah yeah just just to be sustainable like you said but also like even people don't really care about tournament winnings maybe that's because it's so low um yeah but yeah they they care they care more about like their contracts and stuff like that they're gonna make more money off of whatever they're being paid salary wise than they are off of tournament winnings Mm -hmm. um it's not but like uh, of course eventually you hope that you know you can get like a multi-million dollar prize pool or something and then you, you can have a like an actual monetary benefit to winning a tournament. I do think so. getting to champions is kind of like what Valorant has in mind for doing that because like the teams who make it to champions like they get a shit ton of money from that skin set. Like that's oh true yeah they before. they get like yeah. a, a oh yeah, portion of the skin year. sales. Yeah, oh, like, I think they did it last year too, right? Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, yeah. not. I, I misunderstood because one thing that they, I believe, mentioned would happen that wasn't just a rumor is that at some point they're going to have skin lines 
designed by or in some extent or to some extent customized by the franchise teams. So I, I thought you were saying that the teams who made it to champions would be the ones who got those, but that's that's a different thing. No, I was more talking about like the champions bundle right, that happened right. in twenty one and twenty twenty two. I mean yeah. I think that stuff is probably gonna happen. Uh I bet they're probably working on like all the gun buddies for all the different teams mm-hmm. in partnership right now to like sell maybe starting with champions. I don't know. Um but I, I hope do so. know I would really like to have a gun buddy of like my, my favorite team or whatever. Yeah. I, I I mean yeah. it'd just be a bunch of Sentinels gun buddies, but Oh, oh my yeah. god, the amount of Sentinels I mean, gun buddies. You gotta heck and love them, right? Insane. Yeah. Heck and love tens. Uh yeah. and then you can show how different you are by having like a Carmine Core one or something like that. Yeah. I feel like that would be like having an iron buddy where everybody wants it because nobody wants it, you know? True. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think Car- Car- Carmine Core is still clouded amongst the amongst the French. I feel disgusting. You need like that. the most like meh team. Like the who's the most like mediocre? Something like, like a RRQ foot. or something. Like I mean, like yeah. a, like a foot gun buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's coming out eventually. But I know they're probably still going to do the champions bundles. I wonder if they're going to do like an op or something for the skin this year. Should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm wondering if they go back to Vandal or if they mix it up with a different skin. I feel like they mix it up with it with a new skin. Yeah. yeah, but are they just going to get less sales that way? Yeah. It's it's interesting cuz I'm curious. I'm sure they have the data on like when they release a skin set, how like what percentage of people buy what guns? Because I feel mm-hmm. like Op and then like Sheriff are both skins that people tend to buy because they're both, you know, popular weapons that look very cool with skins. Now, I could but see again. Sheriff in a way that like um Arcane did Sheriff. Yeah. Right, yeah. like if they if you did a super unique sheriff, then it could go through the roof in sales. Um, but I don't know if off is going to get the same as just Vandal. I mean, yeah. pr- probably. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm very curious what percentage of players like you know, op. <laughs> what percentage of players just do op sometimes versus never do, and how that affects you know if they're likely to buy an op skin. They might do a classic skin then, actually. Oh, I mean, classic like, skin would be nice. It's yeah. you know, something you have every game kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, like, classic round. skin matters a lot, I think. Uh, like, I feel like the th- three skins that matter the most are your classic, your phantom, and your vandal. Or yeah. If if you're at least relatively well-rounded, like, those are the ones you use most of the mm-hmm. time. Or at least you will always have equipped. Versus, like, an op, it's like... I like opping, but I'm not a jet player, so it's not like I have the option most of the time. So, and it's trolling to get like more than one most of the time too. So yep. I don't. Yeah, but, but fanatic, I still might get right? it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fanatic. Uh, my notes are basically that they're the goats. Like the performance that they put on in lock-in before the grand finals was just still ridiculous. Like, they didn't drop a map until loud. And then they almost got reverse swept, and then they come back from an 11-3 deficit to win everything. Like, that's just fucking crazy to do. And uh, I'm not going to spoil what Hunter says, but even even if they're not the flashiest team, yeah. it's just crazy the skill that they have throughout all their roles. Like, I think they're probably best in slot for... 
like at least most positions. It's kind of crazy how they're just expected was... to win, right? Like the, they're yes. just the odds on favorite for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I despise Fnatic, and nothing would make me happier than to see them just you know lose every game and get bounced out of Masters Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go off, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, I mean one of the single things that I I dislike the most about Fnatic is just how because like Blake was saying, they have such quality players, and their players are also just very you know competent at playing their roles the way they're supposed to. Um, they just play very boringly a lot of the time. Like, they pioneered the, well, yeah, they were one of the early pioneers of the whole on attack, you know, just kind of get map control, like a very little bit of the, you know, the no man's land, just kind of hold position until like 30 seconds left in the round and then hit a site. Which is like so awful to watch as a spectator. And obviously, you know, they don't do that all the time and they... They're very good at, at you know, counter-stratting and, you know, adjusting to the opponent. I just find them so boring to watch. I think Durka is by far the most, you know, lame star duelist in that he just doesn't... They don't dial up a lot of, oh, let's, you know, help him get into some aggressive positions because they can just, you know, flash and then he goes in and wins the gun. I don't know. I just have never enjoyed watching Fnatic play and always actively rooted against them. I mean, I can't, brutal. Can't can't say the same. <laughs> I mean, Boaster's K-pop dancing. I mean, I'll make a fan out of anyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, Boaster's the reason why I like this team. Like, Boaster is yeah. like just fucking hilarious. Like, what a guy. Um, and I mean, they're not FPX. That's true. Yeah, I enjoyed watching they're... FPX. I, I kind of liked FPX. Not FPX was we I, like we're talking. We're talking 2022 that's FPX. Where, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, that's yeah, FPX where FPX was big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not not the new FPX, wherever the fuck they are. In China, um, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. Chinese. Um, but yeah, 2022 FPX, most boring team I've ever seen play Valorant. That that was really just the... the that's what I think of when you say the wait until there's 30 seconds left in the round and then hit a site really it, it boringly and then... Yeah, it's just a lot of sitting around waiting for something to happen. Um, this one's just sitting around waiting for something to happen while Boaster's twerking on stage. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So that that's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it, it's cool if you're sitting around and you have the confidence to like leave your computer. Yeah, how about, how about that? Yeah. See, the, the thing that I enjoyed about FPX, though, was that their strategies very much relied on the fact that they just had some of the most cracked aimers and just watching the sheer mechanical competence of like several members of FTX, not just one FTX, <laughs> FTX was just so cool to see. I mean, the Shao and Sagetsu clutches. You know, he was super good. <laughs> yeah, he was a great Valorant player. <laughs> I mean, he, he did play league. league. Great at Valorant. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he played a lot of league. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine he probably tried Valorant at some point if he was a league player. But um, yeah. Anyway, if he's bronze at that, like I don't think he probably aim for shit either. <laughs> Wait, is he bronze in league? He was bronze in league. Oh, that is funny. And he, the yeah. thing is, it is not hard to be not bronze in league. Yeah, that, like, that is really funny to me because he apparently played it so much that he'd be like playing league during business calls and stuff. Oh, yeah, it was funny. 
just wow. hearing that he was bronze is like okay, yep. That's just great. shows like he was smart in some stuff, but he probably lucked in a lot of that. Hey, we have to normalize the bronze players. This is the podcast that we're on. <laughs> I don't care if we're talking about the shittiest humans on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> True, uh, I, was, I was about to say some stuff I'd have to cut out of the podcast, but anyway, <laughs> keep going, moving on. Oh my god, I can't believe someone would be bronze. God, like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Anyway, um, yeah, so fanatic. Uh, so as we discussed, liquid lock. Okay, but okay, who do you think Alfier is? You're talking about crack. Oh yeah, you know, FBX had a bunch of like cracked aimers. Um, yeah, sorry, Alfier and Leo and Chronicle. And Erica. Like, all of them are yeah. so cracked. It's they're all ridiculous. cracked. <laughs> like, I know you don't like them, but yeah. they're, they are extremely great. And uh, I guess that also kind of makes me think of back to our yay conversation. Because I, like, I think I specifically had this argument once on Reddit with someone. I'm like... Do you think Durka like doesn't get support from his team? <laughs> like Durka, like yeah. he looks so insane because his team is good at setting him up, and then he wins the duels. Like when you don't have that, that makes it so much harder to show your skill. Oh, for sure. I I think duelists probably are like the first point of failure. The people who look like the worst when your team is doing bad. Because there's like definitely like lots of times where. Uh, I think, like, the glue player lots of times whenever you're playing, like, a game, like, the person who tries to hold it all together, they look the worst when the team's going out. I think yeah, uh, duelists happen a lot for uh, Valorant. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, I just think they're fun. They're, I, I think I, I don't necessarily agree with the with the boring part of your of your argument. I think they're they're fun to watch. Every person individually is just an insane Valorant player. Um. Yeah, I mean, they were like all like this. Like, I think Leo was the star of his team beforehand. Chronicle was one of the key performers for Gambit back in 2021. Like, I think he basically won the last, or he went so crazy against Envy uh, in Masters Berlin, and then I think he was like a stand-up performer in Champions Berlin too. Like, he was so good, and then put on top of it like the giant mind meld giga brain of mini and boaster together like it seems like they just can figure out anything together and i just it's hard to see them losing yeah. except the liquid apparently so uh that yeah. happened mm -hmm. so d now you were saying you don't really see liquid as a uh as a contender so uh like i they might be able to win I just, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Like, so they, they beat Fnatic in uh, the finals, but apparently uh, Chronicle was sick and like everything was just going wrong that day for Fnatic, according to their own words. But that could be cope from them, but I also am willing to believe their, their saying where it's like, yeah, everything was just feeling completely off and we were just, we were just shitting the bed and I think that can happen. Like that it's always like you can have those bad days in ranked. You can have bad days on stage. And I think that probably happened to them. Yeah. And the to be, yeah. And as much as I hate defending fanatic, um, you know, they had played liquid earlier and lost to them. And now they're in the, a BO five. That doesn't mean all that much. 
you know, just mentally, that's kind of tough to be like, oh yeah, I'm bringing my A game today. <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah, and Liquid having just played them is, you know, the most able to counter strat them as well. Um, and I said they lost Liquid. I meant they beat Liquid before and then Liquid, you know, faced them in the BO5 and Liquid beat them this time. So like, I'm also not putting a lot of stock in that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting the cope request from Fnatic. I mean, I still think Team Liquid's like a really good team. I think they've kind of turned into what everyone thought they would be beforehand. Like, Safe was like an insane player, and then they bring in Redguard and Nats from Gambit or M3C. Yeah. Um, and then Yampy and Silcast staying on the roster. I mean, Yampy was always a great player. And then you kind of add in like an actual IGL and Redgar. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in the, the Cypher God of Nats. And then a good duelist and safe. Like I think it made sense. It just needed more time to gel than a lot of people were expecting. Because they yeah. were total dog shit at lock-in. Like that was right, an embarrassing right. performance. I was just like... Yeah, who did they Team lose Liquid to? Was it was supposed something. to be good. They lost yeah. a Team they Secret. They lost a Team Secret. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> it was bad, yeah. Right there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they lost there, but then they, they came out winning or getting third in the regular season and then obviously winning like, uh, they're good obviously, but I just always kind of felt that EMEA was like a one team region in Fnatic and then there's like everyone else, mm-hmm. but maybe that's started to not be the case with team liquid winning that. No, I see it. Like, I, I think the Fnatic is, is expected to win that, like, a game against Liquid, like, 9 out of 10 times. And this final was, like, the 1 out of 10. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think they're, like, Liquid's kind of on a similar level to Na'Vi, just kind of ripping through these a little bit. Um, where they seem like they have the, uh, like, they have the player quality to be up there, but they're just on a lower level than, than Fnatic is. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Navi has insane players that everybody knows. Um, I mean, it, it's it's FBX, as we were just talking about. So, um, yeah, their one change was instead of Artis, who's now on NRG, they put in CNED, who was uh, on Charles a sin Ned. before just the GOAT, the original, like, EU Turkish jet being crazy. Yeah. Basically, like, the reason why uh, Ascend won Champions 2021, uh, like... So now they just brought in CNED. It doesn't seem like they were doing that well throughout the regular season. Like, they still placed up there, but it wasn't anything impressive compared to Fnatic. You were just like, oh, yeah, they're they're winning in the regular season. You don't even have to worry. Like, you're just yeah. like, well, are they going to troll? Because they like trolling. Yeah, I they just, like to use Yoru a lot. Yeah, I love the fact of them trying to make Yoru on Fracture work. I don't know if it makes any sense, but I love it. So good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Navi. I, I, you know, they're of these four. Uh, Foot Esports being the one we haven't talked about yet. Um, Navi is my favorite of the EU teams. I mean, I think the the team comps is what makes it the most interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like we were just saying. I, I think that they were boring as hell last year. So, like, mixing it up and playing some troll shit, like that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, Let's see it, Navi. Um, I, I like that. Um, play some stuff that nobody sees, and then uh, you know maybe they're gonna go back to their boring ass play style to try to actually win something. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Probably, 
Um, that's what everybody thinks is going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, that's my guess. They're just going to go back to like what's tried and true and is the meta, and they're going to stomp people with, with the meta comps. But uh, I think it's way more interesting to see them like throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also makes them less easy to counter strat when you know they have all these different strats based on their team comps. There's not one thing you can prepare for. So it can yeah, be somewhat specialized in gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you show all these different looks and tell people like, oh, which one are you going to see? You know, if they have the confidence that, oh, we're going to qualify for playoffs anyway, or we're going to qualify for Masters Tokyo anyway, um, we can throw a couple games here and there. Uh, that actually could be kind of a long con kind of thing when it comes to doing well at Masters Tokyo. Yeah, it's like, do you gamble on the fact that you think they're going to play their normal comps? Right. Because what if they do throw the Yoru in there, and then you're like, oh, fuck, we didn't prep for this at all. We thought that yeah. was troll. Do you counterpick <laughs> the Yoru, and then they don't play the Yoru? <laughs> yeah. Who would even yeah. be the counterpick to Yoru? Yeah. I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah. Any team comp. <laughs> for real, though, I think probably KO. Yeah. I mean, Probably KO like just, you know, is, just... who stops agents from using their utility? <laughs> right? I mean, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if KO is specifically a counter to Yoru because he just counters everyone. Um, yeah. yeah, but I was just kind of thinking in terms of, like, he relies on his utility to get in more. Like, I think true, Jet, true. or, like, you're trying to get back, like, behind people, and if you can't do that, then it's, then that kind of fucks over the agent completely. So. Oh, the counter to Yoru is an IGL that doesn't have ADHD. <laughs> Object permanence. <laughs> Yoru counter, I, Yoru counter yeah. is not like ooh shiny. Yeah, it's it's funny that we talk about this because I've I've just been getting back to the Yoru recently. Now that I've improved my mechanics a ton from this time last year when I was maining Yoru, it's time to bring it back. I Maybe kind of I agree. Be... I, I've been missing your Yoru. Let's let's bring it back in in our game. Oh, I want to see it more. Thanks. Hey, maybe I can be Navi sick. <laughs> there we go. Not trying yeah. for EG. You have, you have the passport. You went to Canada. You know. You can, that's you true. Can make it. That's true. Yeah, one, you, so... you have a step up on Demon One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost oh, as good, great. you know. Not yeah. a cracked aimer. Have a passport. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you get one, not the other. Yeah, yeah you only have one. That yeah. was the price he paid. Yeah, uh, uh, that will come into probably... effect later as well in this podcast. No, we should probably talk about the last one, uh, Foot Esports. I think What's like it's talk I about? know basically Footballist. nothing about them. I'll be honest. I have so no idea what say... Foot's about. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I just remember Kiwi uh, being really good against Hundred Thieves uh, in Lock In. He was that neon mm. that was just going crazy. Yeah, against yeah, them. he was doing uh, that. Yeah, I mean, they beat Giants and Vitality. I remember Giants being, like, kind of a gatekeeper team. So they were able to beat them, at least. And they were fifth in the regular season. So they weren't, I guess, this person supposed to be in that position. But they also did beat Na'Vi. So, like, I don't know if Na'Vi was like, uh, we're not being beating Team Liquid or Fnatic. We'll just, we'll just stay in fourth. Same anyways. Let's do a lower bracket run. Yeah. Yeah, there's like, okay, yeah, we made it. We're good. They could have done that, honestly. Um, so I I don't know what to think about them. They might get or they might make it out of the group, and we'll talk about that in a second after we go through the Pacific teams, but I don't expect them anywhere near to be title contenders. Not even like a black horse to be there. 
All right. No, good. Kiwi, Kiwi's good. Uh, I just like the uh, people saying that they love foot. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny. I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the hard hitting analysis. Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh Good fetish. The uh, uh the Yuri enjoyers from Final uh Final Fantasy, what the heck? Street Fighter Six. Yeah, that's there a that's go. a very current meme right now. I just bought that game yeah, yeah. yesterday. Uh, it's a fun Quentin one. Tarantino. Yeah. Yep, there yeah. we go. <laughs> All right, moving on to Pacific. Um Yeah. Me and Chase's I... favorite team. Yeah. W yeah. gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T one, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, getting, getting, getting. Um, hey, obviously, Overwatch for T one. Yeah, that's probably a reference to something. Um, oh, Overwatch. Man. I'm a... <laughs> hard to say what that's a reference to. Honestly, could be anything. Sure, yeah. Uh, yes, Paper X is uh, the goat, and uh, they're they're sick. They play double duelist, and they go off, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck it, we're playing Reyna." And Reyna's gonna kill you. And yeah. I like that shit, so I wanna see him win Masters Tokyo with Reyna. You're yeah, a big it's... fan of the Russian the Russian Reyna just killing everyone. Yeah, I'm it's... a big fan of run the fuck in and kill people. <laughs> I think it's fun to watch. Yes. And uh people on this podcast know my absolute adoration of PRX, so And mine as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, they I'm... they drew me in with Forsaken playing Yoru, but even after they moved away from that, they're just such an absolute blast to watch. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's possible to, like, hate DRX, like, unless you're, like, a person who, like, pushes their glasses up. Well, well, that's not actually true, Valorant. Oh, PRX, um, you mean? Yeah, or I said PR. I thought I said PRX. Yeah, you said DRX. I was confused. Okay, oh. yeah, PRX. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. The glasses pushers, mm-hmm. not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. The glasses pushers are DRX <laughs> yeah. fans. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is how we actually play true Valorant. You need to have the perfect strategy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's like sideshow when he's just like explaining to his wife. He's like, so they just they just go against everything in the rule book. Yeah, <laughs> and that's but, what you I know, love. It wins. Yeah. <laughs> it wins because because they just when you're better. People. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you just headshot yeah. them, you know, sometimes their grand strategy doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me how PRX and, and EG did basically the exact same thing, which is that after not looking so great early on in the regular season, they benched their IGL and brought in a crack duelist and that drastically improved their team. And that's wild. Because I don't think yeah. BCJ was their, uh, their IGL. I think it was Bustio for... I thought they were saying BCJ was the IGL, but I, I, could, be, I could definitely be wrong. Well, he was on Xep before, which had uh, both Def and Aaron being like IGL and co IGL. Um, so he wasn't he wasn't the IGL for Xet, so I don't think they're bringing him in for it. And Bustia was the IGL for EG in the past. Yeah, I thought I had, I thought I had heard on Reddit that he was the IGL, but either way, you, um, you can say they took out a you know they swapped a non duelist for a crack duelist. Either way, and all of a sudden, yeah. Bam. And, you know, it's also impressive that Forsaken as well, who had been kind of hit or miss on the duelist lately, has done really, really well. He's been unleashed to an extent in that support role, which is good for him. He kind of turned into the Marved. He, like, uh, in his last game uh, on the Bind, he was playing Harbor uh, with a Brimstone, too. And that's that's kind of weird, because they kind of, like, overlapped in roles. You kind of want a Viper 
plus either a Brim or a Harbor. But they're just like, you know what? Brim Harbor, we're Paper Rex. We don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just... He was just playing, like, aggressive harbor, like, using his cascades in weird ways. Yeah. Um, to be fair, or disclaimer, I stole this from uh, Mimi, a evil cat. So, you know, if her analysis is wrong, Shout out to her. you can blame her. <laughs> also, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yep, she has enough time for that. Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we'll buy you a beer or something. Yeah. She's not 21 yet, you know, so. No, no, it's, we're in Canada. It's okay. There you go. Yeah, She's true. Canadian, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Yeah, so I, I want to see PRX take Tokyo. Let's just, let's, let me just get that out there right now. I'm going to be pulling for PRX. Um, it's, you know, given their underperformance in recent international events, the big question is like, you know, how will they stack up against those other teams? But uh, I would, I would love to see it like PRX versus Loud. PRX versus NRG, I'd love to kind of see those matchups play out. I, will, I love to see them, and then they just flop every time, and it fucking pisses me off because they're like, oh, they, they meet, like, someone who, like, really counter-strated them and knew how to play against their aggression. I'm like, oh, that's lame. Why, why don't you just, like, yeah. get caught off guard every once in a while? Loud. <laughs> right, like, the thing is... You Gosh, know, why are you so good at the game? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, PRX uh, in Copenhagen, I think it was, was when they did really well. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, that's when they were finalists. Right, right, yeah. So they were... Yeah. In Copenhagen, they did really well. And then it seemed like after that, teams counter-strated them, and they weren't able to adjust well enough to the counter-stratting, even though they knew it was happening. Um, and so it's very interesting that their reaction is, instead of... Oh, let's develop better strats. It's let's just increase our firepower even more. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, I let's, let's, uh, love. let's bench the strats. Yes, yes. Nobody, nobody calls. We're just all in this together, and we're gonna click heads. So uh, something come in here and go off. Yeah. yeah. Now, what I, I did want to said... say, this is somewhat breaking news. As either yesterday or today, I saw it. But something has revealed that he is having visa issues for Japan. I don't know the extent of the issues because it didn't seem like he got specific. But this, unfortunately, might be an EG situation where their star player doesn't make it to Tokyo, which would be absolutely tragic, and I would hate that. That would be mm-hmm. tragic if something can't can't. Because I'm really excited to see him on the world stage. Well, it's also yeah. extremely weird because he was playing in the Challengers League for Japan beforehand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was online and like Russia because it's so huge, it can it's close enough to Japan to play online. I don't know if that's what he did beforehand, but it would suck yeah. for sure. Uh, at least they it's have not, internet in like Siberia, even, though. <laughs> like, there's, yeah, there's nothing yeah. in that part of Russia. Like, right, there's right. no way he there might be like, like yeah. one living city. near the like near the ocean over there being like, okay, I can get good ping to Japanese yeah, servers. Like, like that's Ma- where the gulags Ma- were. <laughs> like far Eastern Siberia. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's like a railroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but that is kind of odd. Like maybe that's what happened beforehand. Like, I just don't know how he had a visa for Japan and then now he can't get another one. Yeah. I did hear I, that he legitimately did have a Japan visa at one point. The question is getting it renewed or whatever. And apparently mm-hmm. it's more difficult because he's Russian. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit awkward. Uh, probably don't want to Why are Russians so good at Valorant? Like, it would just be yeah. easier if they weren't. True. <laughs> yeah. What the heck is up with that? So, yeah. PRX. 
let's win. Come on. Bring home the baby. I mean, you're you're just a nation trader because I want more NA teams, and the winner of uh, Tokyo gets an extra LCQ slot. Yeah, no, this is true. This, I'm, is as true. as a Sentinels fan over PRX, although that's like kind of hard. <laughs> I, if they were playing, I don't know who I'd root for. Um, oh, I would really like NA to have that extra slot to champion. <laughs> Sentinels can get in with LCQ. And yeah, because like, come on, C9's probably beaten Sentinels. Um, but like, it would be nice if, you know, there were two slots. So Loud kind of has to win this shit. True, yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think that like the Louds of the world, maybe the NRGs, I think they just kind of hard counter PRX because usually they have enough firepower but then they kind of also have a brain, crazy enough, yeah. <laughs> to kind of do stuff. So it's it's just kind of tough. Like, I think uh, it was uh, FPX beforehand that kind of shut uh, Paper X down beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I could easily see like something similar happening again, where it's just like a, people that are able to play slow and contain the aggression can just fuck them over. Yeah, I mean, I can see it happening, but I I wish that it wouldn't. Um, yeah, I like, mean, the final two teams here, DRX and T1, I have nothing to say about. So I, I, as long as we want to stay on PRX, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I will I, say that, that that does bring up a specific example of where I think FPX was cool and why I like Navi as well. That even though I was incredibly much rooting for PRX over FPX in the Copenhagen finals, I mean, the, the round where uh, FPX won on Breeze, it was the Shao 1v3 where he just, like, stood in the middle of B site and was just like mowing down PRX targets between like pillar and like elbow. He was like, no, like jiggle peeking. No, like, Oh, you know, I'm going to use classic Valorant form. He just stood there and he just flicked like an absolute channel. Well, it was, I think it was two tunnel one on site. If I remember correctly, I I might be remembering wrong, but either, either way, you know, that's the kind of thing you, you don't see a fanatic doing that, having that confidence to just chat out into the middle of site and just take aim duels that fpx used to have but anyway that's fair um either way do a I, quicker rundown on the other teams yeah go uh, ahead i go can ahead. give like okay so we have drx the perennial like uh asian team everyone's mm-hmm. always hyped them up they've always done semi-disappointingly i think they like were fit perennially fifth and sixth placed a little bit better in champions last year than they finished uh in the semifinals for lock-in yeah but that's also because it was single elimination, so you know that's probably like same similarish spot they would have placed. Yeah, DRX is just like them. me for real. They uh, like me. They spend an, uh, an embarrassing amount of time in Val- Valorant and just slowly improve, but not do a very impressive <laughs> yeah, degree. But not quite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not quite enough to make it to the next level. You uh, know, I've, I've gone up on average <laughs> one rank tier per year since I've started playing. Mm-hmm. Silver I mean, and then like, gold and then plat. They're yeah. like. They're an extremely cerebral team, and like basically what every what always happened was, or the narrative that they've had is they will do insane early on. Like they look unbeatable because they had they're just giga brains and they'll have these set strats, but they're not very flexible. So once people have started learning these strats throughout the tournament, they're more counterable. But lots of times when they were getting countered, they were losing to teams like Optic back in the day or like an FPX or yeah. 
these really you have to have like a pretty high quality bar to beat them because usually their strategies are just so solid that you need equally solid strategies to counter it. And it's also kind I, of I've always that. liked them. Sorry. Yeah, so have but, I. Uh, Amen to that. But it's like I I never really have faith in them to win anything, <laughs> and they also yeah. lost playoffs of Pacific. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean they were that... looking pretty unbeatable before that, but yeah, yeah, they were looking unbeatable until they weren't. Yeah, until they got beaten. Kind of. I mean, <laughs> yeah. fanatic story much, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, it matters a lot more in their case though because they only ha- you know the first round buy is huge international. Oh yeah, first round so buy is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a game that mattered more than that than the uh, EMA one. Right, and I think it also matters too more because like before, uh, I don't think DRX was ever allowed a first round buy or like into the playoff format because of just being from Korea, a smaller region. Like I think I was always like uh, Southeast Asia, NA, EU, and Brazil got like the four buys into international tournaments. So they would always have to reveal strats earlier in the tournament than they had to beforehand. Mm, so that might mess them up a little bit more than uh, it would have beforehand. Yeah, especially since they're pretty strat heavy, like you were saying. In terms yeah. Of the way they play. Uh, also, there's like some uh, uh, some reports that they were pretty burnt out, like within this last like part of the tournament so that probably that might have had some uh effect on it like i think we talked about it beforehand with the na stuff where it's just like it's eight weeks of just constantly scrimming to play one match and then you're going into this gauntlet style tournament like that's a lot of valorant with like barely any breaks you can even take so i could see easily like if there's a team who's just been grinding for like two years because they've been together for so long for three years now even that it could definitely take a toll on you and it might start taking a toll now yeah yeah for sure i will say though mako is him it's, it's kind of cool that their best mechanical player is a smoke player like True, mako is crazy yeah he's if i could like make an international team that you know did not account for like the language barrier just assumed everyone spoke the same language mako would be my smokes player for sure that's fair. It's so crazy. I'd have five tenses. <laughs> five tenses. <laughs> yeah. You just heckin' yeah, love that, tenses that's that the, much. That's the, DR, or the PRX strat of just uh, more firepower. Mm-hmm. True. Five jet mains. That's what I want. Yeah. I guess one thing like we never there, did Chase, mention. Saying that, you know, you need a team of all cracked jet mains playing different Yeah, players. no, no. I'll, 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 I'd throw, like, uh, like Jing in there. I, w- I want some rays. I want some rays and yeah. jet. Yeah, and that is another important thing as well. Like, this year, like, this is PRX's window. Uh, obviously, there's potential that they could find someone else, uh, theoretically. But Jing is going away after this year to serve in the Singaporean uh, military because of his mandatory service. So, you know, he's pretty tough to replace. Not saying it's impossible, but, um, yeah, this is kind of their time to win. One thing that's a pretty big boon for them is they're an English-speaking team. So, since they can, or since they do common English, they can get like if they wanted to get like a yay in or something like that. I was going to say minus they could do that. Yay! Oh, 
Oh my god, it, I would, would love that. to see that. That would be PRS. insane. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't know uh, if he can replace Jing, though. It's a very different play style of Yeah. Jing, yeah. But... I think oh, he'd yeah. make something do, play J- the Jing role. Like, you'd put the yeah. Jing cosplay onto something, and then yeah. Yeah, he would just be the Jet guy. But but comment in English, I think, is definitely a big advantage, especially in Valorant, since it's such an international game. So, uh, but you did mention earlier, or I kind of joked about the five Jet players. Uh, T1 kind of was that, like, Really? Saya player and Munchkin, and I think Ban were all Jet players. Uh, ban was in an A before he moved. Munchkin was on Crazy Raccoons, I think, for mm-hmm. a Japanese team, but he's Korean. And then Saya player familiar. was obviously on the guard as the Jet player. And then we have Zeta from uh, Old Cloud Nine before they did the transfer to T1. Yeah, uh, yeah, the worst the trade deal in the history of trade deals. That one. Oh yeah. Well, Zeta it was the worst Curry. at the time, but now Cloud9 is probably better off with their the new the young. Well, players. yeah, but they they went like they just played awfully after that. It oh was yeah, a true. At the time, deal. it was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also Autumn was also uh, the traded in coach too. They traded yeah. in Zeta and Autumn to T1, uh, and then Carpe he was like a direct Overwatch uh, transplant. He was like. I think he's one of the goats of like Overwatch esports. I don't pay attention to that, that game, but uh, I just remember hearing hype about him from uh, the Overwatch section of Plat Chat Valorant mm-hmm. back the people before they swapped. Um, but uh, they lost first round in Lock into Furia, and I think it was all pretty expected because they didn't look that good in the Ludwig Tarek Invitational because they were playing in that since um, they're scrimming in an A. Uh, but they ended up third and they placed third. Uh, seemed like they were just like the ultimate gatekeeper team. They wouldn't lose to anyone worse of them, but they had no chance in hell in beating PRX or DRX. So I don't expect them to do really anything. They might get out of the groups, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know nothing uh, about them. Yeah. Besides what you said. <laughs> I've seen, no, I've I, seen I, several I'm, of those I'm gonna... players before. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with what you said on them. Um, I probably don't expect them to get out of groups, but I have no idea what the groups are yet, so I haven't switched tabs in this uh, in the spreadsheet. There yeah. you go. Well, and then finally, going on the spot. Chinese, I, I love the descriptions you wrote. You know, Blade over here wrote out like paragraphs, like a paragraph for each team. <laughs> for EDG, he wrote, "I have no clue. They are probably ass." <laughs> then for attacking Soul Esports. You know, they're probably more ass than EDG. There you have it. <laughs> yeah, every every other team has like <laughs> like at least like five to seven sentences discussing like mm-hmm. um you know the their season or like the players on them. And uh yeah, th- that's all that we get <laughs> on, on these guys. Yeah. Um I mean the most interesting part I think about these teams is uh uh, attacking Souls Esports uh, flex player's name. Uh, the uh, the real question is it uh, is it HFMI zero DZJC nine Z seven or is it HFMI zero DZJC nine Z seven? That's the hard hitting questions we ask on the drug yeah. talent. Yeah, yeah. Do they speak True. American yeah. or British, British English? Yeah, yeah. true. I feel bad for the casters. I'm guessing they probably 
will have like a shorthand thing to say. He probably just goes by HFM, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, no, the, the thing that they were talking about on on Platchat, somebody brought it up. One of the casters was um was that he specifically requested the casters refer to him by his full name. <laughs> he's he's high. There's no yeah. way they're saying what so an incredible clutch everyone. by HFMI zero D. What a good clutch by ASC's flex player. That's yeah. what they'll say instead because they're not fucking saying that at all. Yeah, what yeah. what a great yeah uh, great clutch by the sky or <laughs> like yeah. I mean, so what I will say is like from what I've heard is that they're like an extreme or. Chinese teams are just, like, extremely aggressive and have weird ideas. I remember uh, yeah. Kong Kong, which is, like, ZMG, Z- ZMJJKK, uh, yeah. is his, like, type name. I, I thought, remember I thought, him you, doing I thought you pronounced shit. that Jimmy Kang Kang, <laughs> but I could be wrong. I have no idea. I just remember everyone calling him Kong yeah. Kong in, uh, like, lock-in and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just remember him having, like, some crazy plays and, like... These people are probably cracked because, you know, they're coming from a pool of a billion people. Uh, so, yeah. But I just don't know how to develop their strategies are, but that can kind of be dangerous. Like, I, I kind of said I have no clue. Yeah. They're probably ass in jest because, like, I don't know. But the devil you know is way better than the devil you don't. Like, at, mm. to use idioms or sayings, like, if you have no clue what they're going to do, like, you're kind of more scared versus all these other teams from these regions, you have so much footage on them that it's like, well, I know like nine out of the 10 things they could do probably. And then they'll develop one more thing before Tokyo. Cause it's not much time between. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's a play style that I've been saying I like to see. So, uh, they're fun to watch. Uh, uh, I, I'm yeah. interested to see how they do, and like if they make a run, like that's just sick, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like especially like a, a team that that comes in having absolutely no expectations. Um, yeah, to come in and make a run with an aggressive playstyle, I'd be definitely on board. Um, I don't see it happening, but you never know. Yeah, I could see them maybe winning like one game and then just bombing out the rest of it, like. Like, yeah, but is that game like an important one? You know, you never know. Yeah. It might throw someone into a loser's bracket run that uh, uh that's really important. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, honestly, Edward Gaming didn't look awful in locking. Like people were there was all this like, oh, invest in EDG stonks because they dominated China and they're going to dominate the world. Like there's a lot of like overhype of them coming in, but honestly, for coming in from a minor minor region, they you know held up all right. At lock-in. I yeah. mean, they lost in the first round, but right, yeah, but it, it was, was, it was a competitive thieves, game against hundred yeah. thieves. It was yeah. like a, a mid-tier like team in that in franchising. So, like you know, they they weren't awful. I don't know if you saw like uh, a lot of people have been speaking out like Wyatt from Plat Chat, and then uh, I think Stellar they have like a small podcast thing they do based on sponsor requirements where they kind of talk about stuff. I think they said like. It was like only mics this year. They didn't have anyone else to kind yeah. of like help run data and stuff. So it's like if Mike's is doing everything and then like unless you have like a leaf to help you out or like C9 even had Cupert who was their sixth man, but he was basically like another analyst. Like they didn't have someone to just like help them out to figure stuff out 
more because there's only so much like information or stuff you can go through as one person in a day. So, and plus you're also trying to coach people too. So you're not even focused 100% on trying to anti-strat. Right. So I don't know like how much better Hunter Thieves could have been if they had like a very competent head coach, or even if Sean Garris decided to stay and be the coach. So, yeah, it's really hard to tell. You don't know that alternate timeline type Us stuff. Us Hundred Thieves fans are just out here sad, wondering what could have been. Yeah. True. So do we want to talk about the, the groups in Tokyo, since that's another tab of your spreadsheet here? Yeah, I mean, we can just do that really quick. Uh, yeah, let's do that fast. Yeah. And, uh, well, one thing I will say things. is that I don't know about you guys, but like I don't really have like a favorite teams in America. It's like I just kind of root for all the NA teams. <laughs> it's kind of weird mm-hmm. for me. It's like I don't really... <laughs> Since there is like that national bias that I kind of have, it's like, oh yeah, or NA is playing a South American team. Well, I know who wants to win this one, but like when NA versus yeah. NA plays, I'm like, well, like I'm fifty five forty five. Yeah, I personally, I I really like Loud a lot. So I, I at this point, I'm more America's League, I guess, versus um, you know NA specifically being North America. So like I don't have a big I don't have a big favorite between energy and loud and if I had to pick one I'd pick loud. Largely, I don't know if if yeah if I'm thinking like if I'm watching a game that's like you know EG versus energy, I I'm just like really wishing Sentinels was in this game. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes Sentinels. I have one person and he's not here right <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just have tens coming in from another map. You know? <laughs> Jet Dash is on stage. You can see tens triple updrafting in the background. <laughs> <laughs> he's, no, he's burning on ghost mode. <laughs> yeah, so for Group A, it is kind of interesting how we have Energy Navi. Bit of a banger, round one. And then on the other side, we have Edward Gaming versus T1. Yeah, what a dog shit way to organize this if you're yeah, going it's... by, like, power rating. Like, I'm sure it was kind of random in the seating here. Yeah. Um, Between, like, whatever region qualified. But, like, Energy Navi is a way better game than EDG T1. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, needless to say, we're expecting NRG and Navi to be the two teams that qualify from the group. But I wonder what you guys think is going to happen. Well, I'm a little confused. When it comes to the... So after Energy and Navi play, they play a team that has been on a bye, correct? No, no. no. This this is the groups. So groups is like a mini bracket where two teams qualify into the main bracket. Oh, shoot. Okay, I didn't understand that. So it's a six-team bracket where you then bring in the the the, uh, bye teams as well? So, no. So once... uh... So two teams qualify from this bracket, and then they get seeded into the eight-team. Uh, right. So like, the four teams on by then get mixed in with the with the four teams that come out of both groups. Okay, I see. I yeah, see. yeah. So it's a six-team bracket, and then an eight-team. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. So I, I'm with. I'm fully in agreement then. That, yeah, energy and not. Wait, where is there a sixteen bracket? It's two fourteen. It's brackets. two fourteen brackets, and yeah, then an eighteen. Sorry, bracket. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know where <laughs> I was getting that. Yeah. Numbers are hard. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe if I had to finish college, I would have gotten that correct. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's group A. Group A is fairly simple. Then group B, uh, also, I feel like, you know, well. Are you thinking yeah. foot DRX? 
Or you think probably G? Like, I think the expected might be foot DRX. We, we, just to keep it, yeah. Just to keep in mind, no demon one on EG. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, some people are kind of saying DRX might like somehow lose to foot or EG, and especially if Demon One was in, that uh, DRX might not be the one getting out of the group. I don't know about that. I don't I mean, think so. I well, think Demon, DRX Demon is making it not easy. Just to be clear. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's no maybe at this point. So, like, uh, yeah, I think DRX, like I said, they're kind of, you know, like me and Valorant where they don't improve all that quickly. But, like, they did place top four in both the, la- the both of the last two international events. And I, I just have a hard time seeing them not making out of this group. Mm-hmm. I think they make it through so easily. Like, yeah, uh... Yeah. The real question is just between foot and EG. Yes, especially since it, since we mentioned that e, uh, DRX has never not made it out of a group stage at internationals. Yeah. They, they tend to be very dominant in groups, and then the question is what happens after that. So we just yeah. don't know. Like the only thing that kind of like throws a wrench into it, I don't know how dominant it will be between DRX and football or foot esports because I think it's like footballist mm-hmm. esports because that's why I said it. Um, mm-hmm. With that burnout it might like play more of a factor and I don't know there isn't that much time between the end of Pacific and the start of Masters Tokyo like what it ended like a week ago or I think it ended more day a week or did it, was it two weeks well, ago well I mean they get a week and then they're also not traveling very far so I feel like DRX should not be overly burnt out versus the other teams would be my thought but I'm not sure we'll see plus sometimes burnout is enough time off that quick yeah to recover yeah yeah that you know the the week plus the fact that they're not like going to be extremely jet lagged or having to travel you know across the world i I feel like drx should be in decent form yeah i mean i still agree i'm just more devil's advocating yeah um so uh let's just kind of like fill out the pickums make it kind of easy so uh the first match is nrg versus navi Uh, i'm going nrg there you got you're really going I, yeah i think navi's actually gonna win this first i think game. navi's gonna win it you know energy classic doesn't do well first game yep slow starters slow start slow starting groups uh i think navi's got it yeah i'm realizing yeah let me see if i can do this real quick um we, we, we should you, we should go ahead and just make actual pickups here let's let me do this Oh, you like you're gonna make a different one for each of us? Well, I'm, I'm just doing this, yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, maybe we don't do that here because we're gonna be pretty simple. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> we'll, I, we'll I think pick- I think we just go a majority rule. Oh, then, I see. Okay. That's what, yeah, 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 that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, so uh, since both of or Chase and I said uh, Navi, we'll go with Navi for the first match. Okay. Uh, yep. And then EDG T1, like, I think this is going to be a pretty close game. Uh, Honestly, yeah, I said it there, it was going to be a bad game, but I meant, like, in terms of player or, like, team quality, not in terms of, like, what game yeah. the game is going to be. Like, this could be a very close and well-fought game. Not well, knowing like, much okay. about the teams, I'm going to say that EDG's aggression catches a not very impressive T1 off guard and EDG take it. I was going to think EDG wins, too, actually, I think. Let's do, let's do I it. I think that's their one yeah. to win. Yeah, this is their this is their game. Yep, and I, I understand what you were saying. It's like compared to NRG and Navi, EDG and T1 aren't as impressive. Yeah, yeah. that should still be a fun game. 
So need to move these to the lower bracket. Yeah. So at this point, do, do any of us disagree that it's going to be Navi energy from here in terms of who no. qualifies? Like, no, yeah. no, it's Navi right. energy. So so Navi wins from upper and energy wins from lower. Yeah. Yeah. So that means uh, Navi beats Edward. Energy beats T one. You had T1 beating yeah, I, I, was, I was finishing my thought yeah. while I was okay. copying and pasting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that bracket's pretty agreeable. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, it lets EDG play three games, which I think is kind of uh, a good run. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not, I'm not disappointed in a Chinese team doing all right. I mean... I think the plans are for Riot to create a Chinese league once it gets released. I I don't know if Valorant. I think it is officially yet. released now. Let's see. I, I believe that it is officially released in China. Um, that was a uh, a few months ago, if I if I remember correctly. But okay. Uh, I but I think uh, China is just so big of a market; they're not gonna like leave them out of the uh, like circuit and plus there's like a ton of people that you can tap into by having it in the major circuit um i know you guys don't follow league but uh all the viewership is always like not counting chinese viewership and it's like four to like six million peak and then they like put in china numbers like after the fact because their streaming services are weird and it's like oh yeah 90 people 90 million people viewed world finals <laughs> what like, the fuck it's really? a massive market oh it is yeah. so huge like uh there's even videos like after uh china like won their first worlds in a in a while like these people would take videos of these chinese dorm rooms and you would just hear them all just screaming like, like outside the building or something yeah, yeah. Just, like out out in their like walkways and it's just like crazy how much of like a culture there is Whereas, like, that's, like, a big problem with North American esports. Lots of times there's no culture around it, but it's way bigger in places like Korea and China. That's cool. Yeah. So I think it's eventually going to get there for China, but they just couldn't be because the government was weird. Yeah. I mean, that's just too topical that we're talking about that on June 4th (laughs) (laughs) when nothing happened. Thank yeah. you, Jim Pink, for the check again. All right, so I feel like the second bracket is pretty well. The first one is easy. DRX just you know qualifies. Yeah, I think DRX goes through. Yeah, I think yeah they go through all the way. Yeah. So um, then, do we then... think foot esports or EG? I I feel like you have to go foot. I think foot I, wins this. I think you. I think foot wins. I think EG wins lower bracket against attack, attacking souls, um, and then they lose to foot again. Yeah, the, I, the yeah. only thing I'm kind of thinking is, like, what if there's the rematch buff? Ooh. Because I feel possible. like that happens pretty often. It does, but I think that Foot is just better than EG. I mean, I, I feel like EG is just so sure. Demon 1 dependent. The they weren't, like, though, particularly... Like, yes, Demon 1, like, really went off, and but... Like, EG was looking really good, I think, all around during playoffs. But can they maintain that, especially when Demon 1's out? That That's the real question. I mean, like, um, they look... Like, I think... I don't know how Demon 1 dependent they were. I mean, like, Demon 1 was obviously their star player. But I think, like... 
Like, I think Ethan was just so good throughout the playoffs. Like, yeah. he was insane. I think Calm really stepped it up. Josh Mo was good on Rays and stuff. Like, I think... I think there's definitely a chance, and then I think EG is also a very anti-strat-heavy team. Like, they they are heavy VOD reviewers. Like, Potter, yeah. like, she goes into the VOD dungeon. She doesn't leave until she has a really good game plan against them. Yeah. So, I don't I really know now about could be a rematch yeah. buff. Could if we want to say buff. EG, I don't mind, but I also don't really have a dog. I'm, but I'm gonna, I would, I would go foot. We can go foot. I'll just have my uh, my thoughts known, so you know I can take all the credit if it does oh, happen. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Happen. Yeah. You're, yeah. As, no as worries, Maxim yeah. always, Sunny would say, "I'm playing both sides, so I always come out on top." Yep, for sure. Yep. And then once that happens, the two or the four teams that qualify from these uh, little group stage brackets that go into uh, the big boy bracket. And then I think they all get stomped. So yeah, man, I'm loud versus fanatic. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at this and you know, if this plays out similarly to this and there's not any surprise upsets, I feel like literally the only games I'm going to care about here are NRG Navi in round one. And then like EG versus foot, like all the other ones just, you know, it seems like there's a clear favorite. I think EG foot makes Yeah. EG foot I think is the one that matters the most because even the energy Navi game might be a very good game but I think they're both easily making it through groups no matter yeah. who loses that game yeah, I'm just curious so, to watch it because it's good should be a yeah. good game between good teams like Versus... the stakes aren't super high right uh, and I will but say yeah that... EG foot is is the stakes are a bit higher Scheduling is probably a little bit better for you Chase on the West Coast because like I think the first matches started. 8 west coast time so 11 p.m for us oh yeah that's brutal yeah we're we're not gonna have much uh you said 11 p.m for us what yeah it's in tokyo so other side of the world so what so how i thought i thought what you just said is it's 11 p.m for us and 8 a.m for chase no 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 8 p.m oh oh i see see. uh, got it yeah yeah, so a little bit better for me to watch um yeah, I mean, you underestimate yeah, my ability to stay up too late, but yeah. I mean, I don't have. Oh no, he he often stays up way later than I do. Yeah, I'll, so. yeah. I'll fuck up my sleep schedule for this. That being yeah. said, I don't know if I'm <laughs> staying up much for these group matches because honestly, this does not seem like all that interesting of a group stage in general. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm I always get interested in like what type of stage stuff they'll do. Like, I think Valorant has really good presentation for their stages. Yeah. And I think that's a very impressive part of what they've done. Like that's true. The champion stages have always been super cool, um, and it's just going to be interesting because they'll also have a different like take on it, probably since they can do more in the international leagues versus other tournaments. Yeah, but yeah. I think we've covered a lot. Should yeah, be, yeah, I mean, should be a cool tournament. I'm excited for it. I'm excited. Um... Hopefully I can watch them. I think uh, actually starting in the evening is way better for my ability to to watch some some games because I'm not going to be at work all day and then miss them. Yeah. I, like that's why I haven't been able to see a lot of the America's games. Is just like I'm at work, I can't I can't watch the games. Um, you should have a job so, yeah. that's a lot of you know basic document review where you can have it open on your second monitor. 
like i, I should I, it's hard yeah. to do that when i'm in a shop working right. on bikes all day yeah. <laughs> yeah i what i did when i was uh still working i would just have i'd just be listening to it like on airpods or something or with my airpods just kind of be mm. like I have oh, done shit, that for a couple happening. of really important games. I'll like have it open on my phone or something, but then I like inevitably can't be watching it, so um, yeah. I'm like completely lost in what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that always sucks having to do that. But it's like sometimes it's better doing that than nothing, and time goes by faster. And I'll take it. Yeah. Well, Blade, thank you so much for uh, for hosting. I think uh, yeah, I think Cass would be proud. We might have Cass on as a guest going forward at times. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. At time. We'll see if he ever gets back from camping. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe just, yeah. you know, camping is his life now. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. Do we, ever, we never described that, you know, Cass, Cass was supposed to be here. Um, yeah. B- but then just didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be bothered. Yeah, uh, yeah. You'll see Cass coming up. He's Liver King 2.0. He'll be yeah. living off the land, just eating raw animal. Yeah. stuff you know yeah no but like the real version yeah yeah not yeah. The, he's, he's he's not no steroids yeah. not juice yeah. <laughs> i'm surprised we like all knew of that because none of us are big into like you know carnivore fitness which is like <laughs> no yeah but we all right? know the drama with <laughs> yeah. liver king for exactly. some reason yeah all right all right well in that I don't know. I was about to do the ending. I don't know why. It's you're here, Chase. Go ahead. I, hey, we're mixing it up today, Hunter. Why don't you do the ending? Oh, thank you. Well, with that, we'll drink with you later. <laughs>